When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Can't blow donut day. Holy cola donut. Everything's gonna be up, 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 up. Discord's for a celebration. Who doesn't want a donut? I'll get some donuts. Having a donut? Donut. Donut time. Ten dozen Krispy Kreme donuts. Donut in the microwave? You want a donut? Jelly donut. A jelly donut. It's gonna be okay. Happy motherfucking birthday weekend, Captain. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, How all you the celebrate? things. All the things. I mean, <laughs> all the all the places I'm gonna go and then the people I'm gonna see and the and the mosh pits I'm gonna hit. It's gonna right. be fucking crazy. All the hands you're gonna lick. Like all the- <laughs> I can't wait to lick hands. That's the one I'm that's what I'm looking forward to the most. How'd you know? When you celebrated your birthday last year, could you ever have imagined that the next birthday would also be locked down? Yes, because I'm a pessimist. So absolutely, I absolutely I did. I, I fully expected this all the way through for 18 full months since they made the announcement. So I fully expected that well into the summer of this year, we would still be fucked. Kat's planning for her 50th birthday to be <laughs> in lockdown. And you're all, well, you're all invited over Zoom. That's right. This is the last weekend, though, where everything is closed. Like, your birthday weekend is just one weekend early, because next weekend, things should be open. Yeah. Uh, by by all accounts, next Friday, the premier is going to allow things to move to step one mm-hmm. of the reopening phase, which would mean the patios are open, uh, 15% capacity on non-essential retail, and then we have to wait 21 days and make sure that goes okay before we can move into step two, which allows uh, even more things, but still not gyms, still not regular capacity no indoor dining in step two it's uh a very very slow rollout i have oh, two, f- uh, sorry Scott. Ahead. i have two quick questions for you uh going back to the press conference from earlier this week announcing the the plan for for ontario yeah. so one how do you think his advisors felt at the end when he goes actually before we go i just want to tell you one story they probably shit their pants like, oh, fuck, no, don't do it again. You're going to go off script, aren't you? No, no, Doug, abort, abort, yeah. don't do it. All, all I can picture was his team in the back going, no, 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 no. Uh, and, then, and then my second question is, is uh, do you think Arthur's going to go after him to get the patios open sooner? Yeah, uh, you know, if, if Arthur likes non-essential shopping and outdoor dining, yeah. I, I really wish he'd let Doug know because uh, it'd be re- <laughs> even the doctors are asking, why the fuck are we not in step one now? Why are yeah. patios not open? I mean, everything outdoors should be open, but Doug is just uh, I, I think he's kind of lost his mind, to be perfectly honest with you. And I, I'm saying that sincerely. I think he's going squirrely, Dave. I, I, I can't figure out another explanation for it. Well, when you think about the the toll that it actually takes on you, you know, he, he's a human like anyone else. And people are talking shit about him all the time. And, you know, all, I think all of us at one point at least have talked shit about him. When you know that an entire province, you feel like it's an entire province fucking hates you. Yeah. That, you can't help it. That's going to take a mental toll on you. So I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he's... I hope he's seeking count, like some help for it, if that's the case. But I wouldn't be surprised at all if it's taking a toll on him mentally. 
You know, it's so weird because a year ago, people were fairly confident. They were like, oh, okay, yeah, Doug seems to know what he's doing here, and he's surrounded by good people. It seems like he's got this. He's got the bomber jacket on. He's a man who knows what the plan is. He's going. Yeah. He's ready. And then he just progressively shit the bed <laughs> even more and more and more. And now, I mean, our, 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 we don't have an anthem for Ontario, but if we did have an anthem for Ontario, it would sound like this. Fuck you, Doug! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you got the clip. I'm so happy. <laughs> Fuck you, dog. For anybody, Fuck you, dog. For anybody who wants to understand the reference, it's from 20, 21 Jump Street. I think it's, it's either the first one or it's the sequel. Um, and it's Rob 22. Riggle. Yeah, it is 22. It is 22? Street, okay, yeah. yeah. It's Rob Riggle sitting in an auditorium and he's heckling Jonah Hale's character. And he, <laughs> that's the best. It's so funny. <laughs> um, we do have an update on uh, Douglas Ford. If that's really his name, <laughs> right? Uh, you'll you'll recall at the end of that news conference, he brought up a young lad named Arthur, and you know we're not even convinced that there actually is an Arthur. Like it's entirely possible he fell asleep with the TV on and dreamt the whole goddamn thing. He uh, was it was like he fell asleep with the TV on the show Arthur. Arthur, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> this fucking rodent started telling me about how I should and shouldn't some, open schools. Some squirrely little thing in a yellow sweater came up to me. I don't know some what's weird going on. fucking Harry Potter glasses on. <laughs> well, uh, from Doug's news conference, he said, I will make sure that all students in Ontario get an outdoor grad ceremony and, and not just grades eight and 12. I mean, everybody, because it's such a momentous occasion when you graduate from second to third grade. You know, I mean, we, we mm-hmm. that, that clearly calls for a celebration. I remember my second grade graduation like it was yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, Doug fucking Ford there said, yeah, we're going to have a grad for everybody. As it turns out, he didn't run that by anybody in advance. <laughs> of course not. As as listening to that, has anybody who heard those words, who has planned a graduation ceremony, has any of them said, you know, this is, I think this is a great idea. They're all going, you know how long it takes to organize and, and plan a grad ceremony? It takes months, man, and you're giving us like two weeks. I know. And like I mentioned, I mentioned in the podcast yesterday, it's an easy way for him to say, it's on you now. I'm going to say the words, and now it's all on you to do all the work. And, now I, and, and if someone catches COVID because of it, it has nothing to do with me. It has to do with your protocols. Okay, bye. He should, he should <laughs> just jump in and be like, all the churches are giving away $20 million to everybody that goes there. <laughs> what? Uh, it, just make up stuff and just shift the blame. Hey, folk, if they don't come through with it, that's on them. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Where's that $20 million? I thought somebody made an amazing... Uh, 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 point about something he said and it was so under the radar but tell me if it is just so on brand for Ford um, the person said the only thing I believe in this story is that he got in his truck and drove two blocks because <laughs> that's what he said he, that's what he said he goes yeah I jumped in my truck and I drove a couple blocks and went to Arthur's house and we're like you drove two blocks. It's a great. I mean, when you listen to the story too, it's just absurd. He's like, I knocked on the door. I was like, Hey, is Arthur here? Like, and some butlers arrived <laughs> and answered the door. Remember when he said, he said, he said like, Oh, he's around back. Follow me. Like that didn't fucking happen. And yeah. like, none of that happened. Well, it, it's just funny. And he's like, Yeah, you know, he did a great job. You know, like a good little butler. And everyone's just like, Oh man. And that's again where I picture, you know, his team going. No, no, no. There's no butler. Don't call the kid a butler. What are you doing? Thanks, slave child. No, like, fuck, shut up, Doug. Are you getting livable wages here, young man? (laughs) And then, yeah, they're they're having dinner out back. So let me ask you this. 
Why wasn't the kid having dinner out back? Yeah, like, why right. was the kid randomly at the door when the rest of his family are outside <laughs> in the backyard? Why is that kid excluded from dinner? <laughs> or vice versa, why is Arthur out there eating by himself and everyone else is inside? Yeah. I mean, Like, it is Arthur holding court. Like, is Arthur sitting at the end of the table? Like, you can go ahead and let Mr. Ford in right now. Like, bring him to me. Bring him to me. We'll have a good conversation. And he sits him down like, listen to me, Premier Ford. I understand you're in a tough position, but I've got to be honest with you. I don't think you're doing very well right now, and I'm going to offer you my help. I'm going to offer you my advice, my sage. Are you ready for it? And then he just lays out the plan. Arthur's like his new, uh, new right hand man. That's it. it and That's the, it. what's amazing in all of this is that. You've got doctors, health experts, teachers, and and everybody across the province who has some level of expertise in his ear uh, providing updates, and he waited for Arthur to to tell him how to get through this last little stretch. Arthur wants to go to school, but I said to Arthur, you can... You can suck it, kid. No chance. <laughs> you know, like it was just the way he presented it. It was so weird. So weird. So weird. I, I was I was trying to figure out where he was going when he said that Arthur wants to go back to class because he's like best pals with Arthur. And then he was just like, sorry, Arthur. <laughs> you can go F yourself. The kids aren't going back. Yeah, like, fuck you, Arthur. Yeah, fuck you, Arthur. <laughs> That's fuck <funny>. you, Doug. <laughs> Ah, it's never not going to be funny. But that's okay. what I, I wondered through all of that. The, those little observations that people made, I'm yeah. like, oh, that's so true. What, what's happening here? <laughs> <laughs> well, one other thing is if I go to somebody's door and the kid comes out and says, oh, no, my parents aren't here. They're out back having dinner. That, that's not an invitation to just say, all right, well, fuck, I guess we'll go out back then. They're having dinner, you asshole. Yeah. Don't crash the fucking party. Well, let me what grab a doing? plate. Be, what <laughs> depends on what you're making. What are they eating? Good. I haven't eaten it in an hour. What Let's, is this I'm rice going shit? Get it out of here. <laughs> and I also thought it was interesting, as somebody pointed out, that um, Doug Ford going into somebody else's backyard was a violation of yeah. the stay-at-home order. Yeah. It is a violation of the stay-at-home order. I, imagine that this, it just gets so bad that he just gets so tired of all the complaining and all the blame that he just gets out one day in a press conference and just goes, you know, I'm going to cattle prod myself. Will you be happy with that? You know, like he's just like, he's had it. He's just like, fine. What do you want me to do? Punch myself in the face? Sure. I'll do that. Like he just goes nuts. <laughs> he does seem like he's negotiating to try and get some popularity back. But yeah. I mean, let's keep in mind, a lot of this is self-inflicted. And, and that was a, a great example when he tells this fucking weird made up probably story about Arthur and, and Arthur tells him flat out, I want to go back to class and see my friends. Well, no, but I'll give you a grad ceremony. And now the Ontario School Principals Association is saying that's not practical or realistic. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you a grad ceremony, Arthur. You drive a hard bargain, Premier Ford. <laughs> I'll accept you know, the terms of your offer. <laughs> <laughs> the principals have pointed out, and they're quite right, they've been planning the virtual grad ceremonies for weeks, if not months, and they don't have time now to pivot to an outdoor in-person gathering that seriously violates every one of the public health gathering rules. The next time there's a press conference, you just see the microphone drop low. (laughs) Fucking little kid comes out. It's Arthur. Hey, guys. He's got to get an Arthur, right? There has to be... You've got to show us Arthur at this point. If there's not... If Arthur's not real... Then there has to be someone hired to be. And Doug Arthur. is standing behind Arthur, just like Christine Elliott stands behind him at the announcement. She's like, "Go ahead, tell him, Arthur." Yeah, so he makes his announcement. He goes, "And I'd now like to pass it on to Arthur." <laughs> he just steps back. <laughs> 
And he's like, hey, so everybody got the graduation ceremonies. You can thank me later. Like Arthur's like just running the game now. I, I, you know, we got to find who Arthur is. All the reporters were like, we're, we got to scour the neighborhood to find Arthur. Arthur. Every kid named Arthur is going to get harassed. Oh. Oh. Are you Premier Ford's Arthur? No. <laughs> Arthur from Etobicoke. Where the fuck you be? Yeah. Like, track down Arthur. Holy fuck, Doug. You, you put Arthur in a weird predicament here. I, I'd like okay. I like to believe people. I like to give them the benefit of the doubt sure. and say, sure. you know we what? Do. I I don't want to just be that pessimist who just immediately says you're lying. No matter like even things that sound far fetched. Let's let's hear it out. But that Arthur thing was a hard one for me to get through. Like yeah. I was like, mm, I just don't think that a lot of this is true. Like, what's gonna happen next in this story? That's what I kept thinking when yeah. I heard. I'm like, what's gonna happen next? So and then him then- and I got on the seesaw. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> and he's like, "Get me down, get me down, help!" Yeah, <laughs> I'll tell you one thing: Arthur might be a strong negotiator, but he's a pretty shitty seesaw. <laughs> <laughs> then me and Arthur got in my truck and we went and got some subs. It was great. <laughs> some subs, the most random thing. We went and got some some footlongs, <laughs> got some assorteds, <laughs> extra sub sauce for Arthur because he's that kind of dude. <laughs> Assorted. He just goes and gets cold cut combos. I got an assorted. He got a turkey on rye. He wasn't the sub of the day, but I said, fuck it, Arthur, for you. No problem. <laughs> I was hoping for a $5 foot long, but Arthur drives a hard bargain. He wanted a chicken breast. <laughs> fuck me. Oh, holy. Uh, anybody ever notice the bacon's not very good there? What's going on? That's, Arthur started pointing out the bacon, and I am I am telling you, that's my next plan is to tackle the lack of quality in the bacon in the sub shops. That's step four in the program we haven't released yet. His new platform is Better Bacon. <laughs> Doug Ford, Better Bacon for you. You know why you should reelect me, folks? Because I'm the ones who got Tim Hortons to put real eggs in their farmer's breakfast wrap. That's why you should reelect me. Yeah, he hasn't plugged that in a while. No. Maybe that's no. what he's going to get Arthur on. <laughs> Arthur's like the new minister of good ideas. <laughs> that's his new title. Hey, Great Arthur, get up here and give these people some good ideas. Great title. <laughs> okay, uh, a couple things here. Number one. Wait, that wasn't one of the things? <laughs> no, no, that was the preamble. I don't know why the fuck you wanted to talk about Doug again. Why do we bother? Fuck what? you, Doug! Fuck you, Doug! <laughs> <laughs> that's the best. Oh, God. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. <laughs> okay, so... Uh, I think the cop went a little over the top on this one, but it was in Iowa. I'd like to introduce you guys to 38-year-old Benjamin Gray. Police found him the other day slumped over the steering wheel of his car, which was stopped at the middle of the intersection. He had passed out. He was drunk. He had his pants down around his thighs, so he was obviously having himself a good time. And that's when the police arrived. They say when they discovered Benjamin, his eyes were bloodshot and he was slurring his speech. So the cop had reasonable grounds to grab this prick and throw him in the back of the cruiser. Like, you're obviously fucking drunk. Get in the car. I'm going to go and search your vehicle. 
So he goes and he searches Benjamin's car, and in there he finds some pot and a glass pipe in the center console. Okay. So now Benjamin here is facing charges for impaired driving and drugs. The cop goes back to the cruiser. He's ready to start asking some questions. Like, what the fuck are you doing? You got your pants down, you're asleep in the car in the middle of an intersection, and you're drunk. And that's when he spotted it. Turns out, while the cop was searching Benjamin's car, Benjamin searched the cruiser, and he found the cop's Mountain Dew and drank it. And the (laughs) cop was so fucking mad, he charged him with theft. (laughs) Public nuisance for, first of all, drinking a Mountain Dew. Um, <laughs> he didn't need to lay another charge for drinking a fucking Mountain Dew, did he? I mean, he d- it wasn't his Mountain Dew, so he could. He could. Well, he obviously just fucking hated this guy. He was mad. Honestly, he was yeah. mad. So an extra charge, if he could get away with it, he would do it. And that's going to be thrown out. There's no value You on think that. so? Yes. No, yeah. You go get a, he gave like a fountain drink of Mountain Dew and or a bottle of Mountain Dew. Like, you have to have like a... A diamond encrusted bottle of Mountain Dew for it to be valuable of any level, mm-hmm. and it, this what is it a dollar fifty? Like it, it, it'll, it'll get tossed. Like it's just it's just to add to the list. That's all he's done. So he was smashed, and then he had Mountain Dew. That sounds like a really fucking bad. bad idea. Yeah, that's bad. Yeah, if you want a recipe to create vomit, that's how you do it. Get really fucking loaded, and then chug a Mountain Dew. What do they not don't do mention, the do. Yeah, do don't not do, do not do the do. One of the things that they they didn't mention is the cleaning bill he'll get for the holding cell. Because that's where he will erupt. Absolutely. Yeah. It'll, just be, It'll be coming out both ends. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's also how you break out of prison, by the way, is you vomit Mountain Dew on the wall because it just disintegrates. <laughs> like, wow, clear path to freedom. <laughs> that's the key. Uh, Dave, you're not really a runner, I would say. Uh, no. No. That's a, fa- that's a fair thing to say, unless I'm playing <laughs> baseball. The only time I run. None of us are. I don't think any of us is going to be winning any races anytime soon. No. But this is a story about running. There's a guy who was, he's over in the UK, and the police spotted him the other day trying to sell drugs. Well, fuck. Stop selling drugs. That's the first problem here. So the cops went to apprehend this gentleman when he decided he was going to run. And some people have better endurance than others when it comes to running. This guy didn't have much, so he thought, fuck me, I got to get out of here. So he ducked into the first building he saw. Now, let me ask you another question. Where would you say is a bad place to try and hide from the cops when you're trying to evade them? Cat. Probably somewhere where you would find cops, like a station or a co- or a vehicle. He ran right into a fucking police station. There it is. There it is. (laughs) Right around the corner. I'll be safe here. (laughs) (laughs) Those losers won't catch me. Seriously. Really? Yeah. I mean, number one, he was obviously selling drugs way too close to a police station. They tend to have cops around them. And trying to hide out in one of them is a bad idea. So he realized pretty quickly, as soon as the door opened, ah, fuck, this is a police station. So he trashed the lobby while he was in there, and that, of course, made it very easy for police to find this blaze of glory. Take these Crime Stoppers pamphlets and throw them on the floor. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha, fuck you guys. <laughs> he was arrested. He's facing drug charges and obstruction charges. Uh, marriage is a tricky subject, but I feel like we can target this from a few different angles because we have someone who is newly married in Dave. 
someone who's been married a long time in Kat and someone who is divorced in me. There is a suggestion that perhaps the reason so many people have so many difficulties proposing a prenuptial agreement to the person they intend to marry is all in the presentation. They did a lot of research on this, and they found that there is a negative connotation to the term prenuptial agreement. They're saying if you want one, you should probably present it in a different way. For example, reason with your partner or call it something else. Don't say, I want a prenup. You could go to your partner and say, we should have a marriage contract. Try and spin it as a positive. Or go to them and say, hey, listen. We don't think we're ever going to get in a car accident, but we have car insurance. We don't think we're ever going to get cancer, but nonetheless, we have our health insurance. We don't think we're going to get divorced, but we should have uh, some sort of insurance on the other end just in case we do. And it's much more likely to be well-received if you do anything but use the term prenuptial agreement. What do you think? Well, there's nothing sexier than paperwork. (laughs) Right. You, you know, should get naked while you do it. Two lovers just making a contract. Mm-hmm. Nothing better than that. In case everything goes to shit. Yeah, yeah. This <laughs> might be the last time we touch, but we will be prepared. Uh, listen, I think this is just me. and We've discussed this on the podcast before. I think that when you do that fucking trek down to City Hall to get your marriage license, you should have to show evidence that there is an agreement in writing in place before they even give you the marriage license. And the reason I think that is because that would take so much of the awkwardness out of getting married and having that conversation about finances. And it would also save a ton of time for the courts and so on and so forth. If the marriage does go to shit and you have to fight a contentious divorce. So some innocent clerk at City Hall is waiting for you to walk up and say, and here are the end terms of our current agreement. Should we reach it? Well, I mean, your prenuptial agreement. I mean, there's so many different ways you can do it. Um, I, I would hope that most people have a will. You had to go and meet with a lawyer and tell the lawyer what your intentions are, and they drafted it up. There's also a lot of like will kits and and free things that you can download online that will suffice in a pinch. You could have the same thing with marriage agreements. And if the marriage agreement is there are no conditions on this marriage, okay, that's your agreement, but at least you have something in place. But if you're going to do it anyway, why wouldn't you put a little bit of thought into it? I think, I think that's a practical thought. Well, I think there's something to be said about about understanding you know, where you're going to go if things go wrong. It's just not the best conversation to have. It's just not the most fun you're ever going to have. That's for sure. But I think that I think there's a there's a a validity to it. Um, You know, knowing that if things go wrong, here's how it's going to play out. Because how many divorces stretch out for years and years and years because they can't agree on terms and things happen where they're just like, man, this is never going to end. And, you know, it's (laughs) like Scott. I mean, (laughs) Scott, I mean, you you're you're a a good person to talk to about this, because that is something I assume that you wish you would have had in place. Yeah, I mean, um, I don't know that we could have planned for how things would have turned out years later. But if there was something in place, then I wouldn't be in the predicament I'm in right now. Uh, I I guess I don't mind saying uh, what's going on with me personally. It's been three over three years, maybe even four years since I separated from my wife and we are not divorced yet. We don't have an agreement in place. We we're still working out the terms of our separation. It's been years 
So that, and it can drag on like that. And the only people that are getting paid are the lawyers. Well, that's yeah. uh, right. And that's I, so I think that there may be something to the idea of having that conversation. It's not a comfortable conversation, but not every conversation should be. When does that conversation take place, though? Because yeah, this is fair. my thing. I'm, I'm totally fine with prenups. I think if, if you're for it, that's great. But do you not have that conversation before you even get engaged? Because I feel like that's a bad conversation to have right before a wedding. Like, oh, by the way, I know we're about to get married. So can you look over these documents? Right? Should you not have a good sense that your partner whom you may either get engaged with because you're going to propose or they might propose, they should have an idea of whether you're for it or against it first, right? Well, I mean, there's a lot of terms in a prenuptial agreement that aren't just about money. Right? There's mm-hmm. a lot of things that are that would go into something like that that have to do with custody of children or pets, um, you know, div- pets, division of properties, all kinds of things like that, right? So it's not always all financially based, but sitting there, you're right, having that conversation is just like, when do you have it? Um, mm-hmm. But you have to have a willing partner on the flip side to to understand why you would want to have a conversation about it. It's not like a, well, if things go sour, I just want you to know that you, you're, you know, you're out on the side of the road kind of thing. But it's to it's to place it out. If you get into business with somebody, you usually have a um, a business arrangement that is you know either predetermined or it's it's written out and there's a like contract. a shareholder agreement. Uh, yeah, share everything like that, right? So when you're building a life with somebody, mm-hmm. there's I use the term assets. There are things yeah. that that you know that happened before that you've brought to the table, or things that now have developed during your relationship. So what does that mean? Where does it go at the end of it? You know, I, I mean. Not everybody's going to have, uh, you know, a, a breakup where there's fifteen million dollars to to fight over, um, but there's a there's probably a good idea to sit out and say, okay, well, let's look at some of these different options here and make sure that right. everybody's covered and taken care of by the end. Well, yeah, and I mean, all that agreement has to do is because you're right. I think most people hear prenup and they think, oh, they're just trying to prevent me from getting money, and really, that's not what it is. A prenup could spell out anything from. Um, Terms and conditions if the other person cheats right up to what I have before the marriage is mine, what you have before the marriage is yours, and we will continue to separate that when we or if we separate. And I understand that there's people who think it's a bad idea to go into a marriage thinking about the end of the marriage, but it really doesn't need to be like that. All it does is make things easier because if the marriage ends and let's be honest, 50 percent of them at least do statistically, it's pretty good when you can take all the emotion out of it because it is an emotional time when your marriage comes to an end for many people. So if you don't have to worry about the emotions getting in the way, it's already spelled out what's going to happen. I think that makes it easier and it wouldn't be very difficult for it to be a requirement that before you're issued a marriage license, here are the terms of the marriage and kids and pets, I think are the two big ones. Okay, if we separate, here's what's going to happen. Or if we separate and X happens, here's what's going to happen over here with the the pets and the kids and custody and all that sort of thing. Maybe it doesn't take that into account. Maybe it is strictly financial. As much as it's about love, a relationship, a marriage is also a partnership, kind of like Dave just said. I mean, if uh, the business of your life. It is the business of your life, but I mean, you rely on that other person for any number of things. It could be for finances. It could be for emotional support, physical support. It could be just because they got a 
fucking big dick and you need one of those. Like, who knows what it is you rely on them for? There has to be a contingency for what happens if that gets taken away. I took a hard left turn, by the that way. Was, yeah, that was intense. Emotional um, support. <laughs> Giant genitals. Like, big, like, big, big cock. I'm just saying um, that there's a lot of things that you rely sure, on your sure. partner for, and it's not necessarily money. The one thing that would be tough for me, and, and I, I don't disagree with everything you're saying at all, I, I think the one thing that would be tough, though, is deciding in advance how you feel about your kids that you don't have yet. Right. Like, I. <laughs> you could take little Riley over there. He's a, he's a shithead. I don't, I don't need him every other weekend. You know, I assumed going into my marriage that we would probably. Actually, to be honest, we didn't know if we were going to have kids for sure. We decided then that we would have one kid, and then we decided to have two. I didn't know my feelings. I didn't know how I would feel about being a mom and, and how that would work and how he would be as a dad, and he didn't know how I would be. And so I feel like stuff like that is a little bit tough. You can't just automatically say, yeah, we'll split custody with your with the kid. I think that could be dangerous territory if, all, if you realize in that marriage that you feel like they are not – uh, they're not a good father or not a great mother but for whatever reason you think. So then you kind of get stuck and then the yeah. k- kids get a- caught in the middle of that. Where would you go if you were in a relationship with somebody and you propose this thinking this is a really important thing for me and they don't agree to it? Do you say, well, then the, the marriage is off or the engagement's yeah. off? Like we're not doing this. What, what line do you draw? Like yeah. it, it, I mean, we have to agree the- on this. In that case, if you can't agree, then you would not have an agreement and you wouldn't get the marriage license. I mean, that's the that's City Hall making the decision for you. Yeah, if you're stuck you on it. You either find a way to happen. compromise or there's no wedding. Right. Well, I don't think there's a lot of people who would be okay with letting the government make that decision for you. Yeah, but I mean, it, it, it's not really the government that would make the decision. It, it's a law that'll get decided once, and it's just one that we all have to live by. And it's there for very practical reasons. I mean... I do think that this has a lot of bonuses. And, Kat, when it comes to kids, no, it doesn't necessarily have to specify. Uh, We may or may not have kids, but if we do, I will get custody when we separate. It doesn't need to say that. It could just be a simple, we agree that no matter what happens to this marriage, we will jointly support our children. Yeah, that's a a tough one to plan ahead on because, like, what if your partner just becomes incapable or becomes an addict of sorts or is it just is, is a negligent parent and is not able to take care of a child? But your right. agreement says, well, they get them 50% of the time, all good. Let's yeah, split it. It's a scary no, I'm, situation. I'm thinking agreeing to support your children uh, and, and take care of them financially. You don't just walk and ghost them. But, I mean, maybe that doesn't need to be in there. But it sh- certainly should be for pets, who we all consider part of our family. Cat, uh, I mean, God forbid, if anything happened to you or your husband, you have to figure out what's going to happen to Leo. Right. And I mean, that, but I will say again, though, in a relationship, you might have one person that is more about that animal that walks them, that does the majority of feeding, making sure they get taken care of, brings them to the vet, that does that majority of the work. And if let's say you, def- you decide, okay, four days a week, you get the dog and then I get the dog those four days a week, then you're like, oh, shit, well, you're never going to you're not going to walk the dog. I, I'm going to have to probably text you to make sure you fed the dog. Like there's still issues with that. Sure, there is. But I mean, uh... Let's say you had a nice little endowment. You were saving up for your first home purchase and you've got a down payment. Okay, great. We are going to buy a home together. Okay, well, it should probably be stipulated that at the beginning of that, I'm putting in, say, $100,000. That means that if we separate, we will sell the house and $100,000 off the sale price comes right back to me because that's what I put into it. And then we can split the profit after that. Maybe it has to do with debt. 
Maybe it's fair to outline that, hey, I'm pretty sure that we've told each other all about our finances, but if it turns out that one of us has some debt that the other didn't know about, that's their debt, and I don't assume the debt just because I married you. Hmm. You know, these are all things that can be ironed out in advance that don't need to make lawyers rich and tie up the court's time when the marriage eventually goes south. There's also some people who are so emotional after a separation, maybe there's some guilt involved there, that they just say to the other person, you know what, you take everything, take everything. Well, in reality, that's not necessarily practical, and you may regret that decision down the line, so this is why I think it's important to have it all laid out in advance. Hmm. That's interesting. I'm Like I said, it's not a, I don't think it's an easy buy-in for everybody, but no. the practicality makes sense. So when do you do it? That was the good oh, question yeah, right. that Dave that asked the- earlier. <laughs> is this right before you get down on one knee? Yes. Like in my left pocket, I've got a contract. And if you sign here, you get what's in my right pocket. I think it is fair to let that person know where you stand on it. Because maybe if you are firm, um, let's say you're considering uh, proposing to this person and you're firm on, I'm having a prenup or this isn't happening, you let them know. And that's got to be able to come up in conversation. And again, it is an awkward conversation, but get that part out of the way. Because if they're strongly opposed to it, you need to know now before you ask them to marry you and then it gets too close to the wedding date, then it gets really, really weird. So I think you should say it before the proposal happens. Dave? Wow. That takes away some of the surprise element, isn't it? Well, just to know, though. I mean, we're having a conversation now about prenups. There's no way in a relationship, in, in like a relationship where you talk to the person often, that yeah. you haven't either watched a show when a prenup was brought up or you know people who are got divorced and one of the two of you didn't bring up a prenup. No? By the way, I would just like uh, to remind everybody not to take fi- uh, marriage advice by, by watching shows like 90 Day Fiance. Um, we've all seen Wait, a what? show where right? somebody mentions a prenup. Like, don't listen to them. They don't know what they're talking about. But you're, I don't know when the right time is. I really don't. And I don't know yeah. if it's a relationship by relationship I situation. Think it is. I think it is. I mean, you probably had a good idea um, when when you marry or before you even proposed to your wife, whether or she was against it or for it or or whatever, right? Based on any conversations that you had, maybe. Uh, or is that not hmm. the case for everybody? Well, no, no. But I also think of it in a you know in the practical sense of it is 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 it a bad idea to not have an agreement ahead of time, or is your marriage an agreement? Right. Is your marriage the agreement? The term engagement is a legal term. You're engaging the other person in a contract. Right. Yeah. An emotional contract, whatever you want to call it. So, no, we we didn't. Um, I I don't know. I I, Smart girl. He's got a lot of money. (laughs) Honestly, I'm at a bit of a loss for words because it's sort of like, yeah, I mean, the practicality is there. I totally understand that. But I've also never felt like I need to have that conversation with her. Yeah. I've never felt it. Yeah. You know, and if I if I did feel it, I would hopefully feel comfortable enough to mention it. But I didn't. I didn't yeah. beforehand. I never I, thought of it. And I think it really does vary because we've had people that were strong. When we talked about this on the on our uh, morning show, uh, we had people texting in that were firmly for it. Yep. Prenup or nothing next time around. But there are people who had been divorced previously. Yeah. There are people who were OK with considering different options like that. And then there's people who feel like that should never be talked about. It's a it's a marriage. You're supposed to love that person forever. And and, and it, for better or worse, just sounds like, your like vows. someone's got a case of the spose-does. <laughs> supposed well, to. Yeah. Here's a great example. A friend of mine got married and he proposed using a family heirloom. It was his grandmother's ring. 
And the woman accepted it and they got engaged and they were engaged for two years, but only actually married for about eight months. She had an affair. She wouldn't give back the ring. Hmm. Oof, that's yeah, tough. That's brutal. That's tough. Oh, a prenup that's, that's could actually fun. just specify that, hey, if this goes south, uh, I, I will get back the ring. Or if regardless of how the marriage ends, I will keep the ring. In a lot of cases, those engagement rings are worth a lot of money. There's all kinds of little things that can, that would become awkward at the end that don't need to be awkward if it was just a requirement. You know, maybe in the same way that you have to present an eye exam when you go to Service Ontario to renew your driver's license, maybe you have to re- uh, present a marriage contract when you apply for your wedding license. I-, I think it's a practical idea, but I'm certainly open to suggestions on this. If I'm way off, guys, you can DM us at Scott Fox on Air, at Dave Blizzard, at Cat Callahan, or at Cat on Air on Instagram. Could you could you see there being a like a service Ontario location that opens up that it's, you know, every 10 years you got to renew your marriage license. Well, I love that idea. That's an idea that, that that's floated around that I've heard before that I'm not entirely against either is that basically, let's say, I mean, you're saying 10, but let's even say five. Okay. Sure, that's five a nice years. in between. Okay. We're renewing Standard every car years. lease. Yeah. So every couple of weeks. Um, I've been leasing my wife for five years <laughs> and I'm thinking about trading her in for a new model. But I mean, if, <laughs> you, well. if you think about it, all those questions that we had regarding like kids and pets yeah. and, 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 you know, your living quarters will change and you'll get a house maybe. So all those things do change. So every five years to take a look at it and be like, yes, I still love you so much. We have a kid now, though. So maybe we should probably just with our new license for five years, we're going to make sure that we have. Joint custody. Turns out you're you're a pretty good you know parent. So that's great, fabulous, right? All right could this. you not revisit that every five years? It's also a chance, and people would fucking love this. A chance for another party every five years. We're gonna have a fucking another wedding or something. I mean, you know, people would love that shit too. Ooh. I, Ooh. I'm not entirely against it. And again, people will say no. Marriage is supposed to be for life. None of this leasing shit but it would save people a lot of grief if let's say they had it and then there's a lot of things in there where if someone wants out before the five years this is what that means that's a blind side too if you don't expect the answers to be different when you go in to renew your marriage license right and that that would, would conf- start a conversation though yeah you, she's like oh yeah everything's great we're really happy together and all you hear is actually <laughs> but well <laughs> you're like wait what where did that come from Yeah, I mean, in order to renew it, it would have to be mutual. It it does, I think, make marriage a little more attainable for some. There's a lot of people who feel like they're trapped in a relationship and this works or that doesn't work or I've got to make it work because it's uh, I don't believe in divorce. It doesn't have to be a divorce. You could just have a five year contract or a five year lease. And at the end of the five years, it's going to expire unless you renew it. Well, Most people, I think, could tough it out for a year or two. Can I just Having throw to tough this... it out for the next 60 years, that's a tall order right, for a lot of people. Right. And it freaks them out. And people change over that time. People and they change. do, totally. People change. I uh, mean, yeah, I, I, don't, I, I, don't hate that, I don't hate that concept and that idea. And I also, not to get too dark, but I also think about people in abusive relationships that feel like mm-hmm. they are truly stuck. This gives them an opportunity to stand in front of whoever it might be and say, I want the fuck out. You know, Where, whereas they might not get that chance. I would just like to go on record to say I'm very happy uh, in my marriage, and I picture us being happy for at least another four and a half years. So <laughs> yeah. I'll sign this. Yeah, I'll sign. Yeah, no sure, problem. I'll sign. Yeah. yeah, I'm feeling pretty good about where I am in life.
<laughs> okay, but I, I, I definitely get that it takes the romance out of it. But one thing that is a theme here, whether it be on the marriage contracts or on the, the marriage licenses that have an expiry date, what I'm hearing from you, Dave, is there's a lot a lot of, of subjects here that you're not comfortable talking to your wife about. Oh, that that is a reach if I've ever heard what? one. Um, no. You just said you we never talked about it. It's a weird thing to bring up. I mean, you can get naked together and do all those other things together as a God only knows what you two do. But there's but there's conversations to be had here that you didn't have because it seemed awkward. No, 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 no. Uh, let me let me cl- correct that. Um, I didn't have it because it wasn't or because it was awkward and it wasn't a comfortable thing to talk about. I didn't feel that way. I just oh. didn't feel it. So I didn't feel that I had to have that conversation. I feel in sync with her. I feel like we are on the same page. Um, I, and now maybe I'm being completely naive because I know plenty of people in relationships where they're on the same page and then the next day they're not. Um, but I, I feel good. I feel I feel confident in my decision. I feel confident in our choice to be together. And I personally don't need the paperwork for it but i get it i i totally understand the yeah. practicality and, and i i i hear you because i and i do think it varies that's why this answer you'll get a different answer from everyone because it'll vary person to person mm. and based on their experiences for me i don't have one yeah. um for me the way that i look at it and i've been with my husband for a long time married for like five or six years now but everything that i've built I didn't have anything when I married him. You know, everything we built, we did build together as a team anyway. So, I mean, my worst case scenario, if shit hits the fan, I do think, okay, well, he did help me get where I am. I did help him get where he is. That's just, I think that it goes without saying for us, and I'm sure it goes without saying for you and and your wife, maybe that's why. Because, I mean, we didn't have that conversation uh, either, really. Well, I, f- I feel confident hitching my wagon to somebody building a real estate empire. So I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's going to take a you look at that. You were smart to not yeah. sign that prenup. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a party at Dave's you place. You married a boss, bitch. That's, That's what you what did. That's what I did. Yep. Hey. <laughs> Dave's taking the summer off to go lay by his new pool. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Yeah, we're doing so well, we got his and her pools. Yeah. <laughs> That's and great. they put right in the agreement, we don't go in each other's pools. That's correct. Time. That is the yeah. most important thing in the agreement. Uh, guys, quickly here, just before we wrap it up, please stand for the new Ontario National Anthem. Fuck you, Doug! <laughs> Have yourselves a great weekend, everybody. Bye, Arthur. <laughs>